Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life. Don't skip your life. You better create your life. <laughs> create your life. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and today we have an amazing guest in the studio, uh, Miss Leticia Williams. Today we have an amazing guest in the studio. She is the co-founder of Cards for All People, a cultural casual gaming company that humorously celebrates the diverse subcultures of America. Uh, she is also the co-executive producer of BET's Black Card Revoke, a game show based on Cards for All People's popular party game of the same name. Founded in July 2015, Cards for All People has quickly become the leader in casual culture gaming with products for women, people of color, and the LGBTQ community. The company's first product, Black Card Revolt, was released in July 2015 and has been celebrated in the press by BuzzFeed, The Root, Huffington Post, Black Enterprise, and many more. Our prior to Cards for All People, uh, she has uh, worked as an accomplished sports and entertainment executive. She's well-networked and respected through her years of experience honed with companies such as Living Cities, IMG, LeBron James's LR and MR Marketing, MTV, Nickelodeon, and Rockaware. She has also been featured on MTV's Get School television program, a collaborative effort with Viacom and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to highlight the impact of higher education. Create Your Life family, please welcome Miss Leticia Williams. Leticia, please say hello to the Create Your Life family. Hey, 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 family. <laughs> so, Tisha, I want to jump right in, and I want to want to talk about this, the fact that we were supposed to go for donuts, and um, mm, you went MIA, and so you owe me donuts. I just want to put that out there, let the Create Your Life family know that you owe me donuts. You are the donut connoisseur. I am just someone that comes across cool things such as donuts, and I forward them to you, the donut connoisseur. Yeah, but you, you owe me donuts because you faked last time. I did not fake. You know, <laughs> summer's coming. Donuts are not good for people getting prepared for summer. Oh, so. my bad. It's, it's summer body time. <laughs> my, my bad, my bad, my bad. So I want to jump right in. You are a Brooklyn girl. Best I do or die. Indeed, indeed. Okay. So that being said, you you started interning when you were 14 years old. I have to ask, where did you intern at and how did you get started on that path? Like to wanting to be an intern, who helped you like, you know, get that hustle, get, get out there and get it? Puff Daddy. Okay. I do not know him personally, by the way. Okay. The Puff Daddy story was one of the most influential, inspirational, empowering stories I had ever come across as a teenager. And I literally said, if he can do it, I can do it. So I am going to figure out his methods, exactly what he did, study it to a T and execute it. Hence why I started interning at 14, living in New York City. Mm, where did you intern at? The Source Magazine. Okay. And... Like, what were you doing there at the source? How was it? I was working in circulation. Okay. 
And what does that even mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so digital nowadays. Like, I know, right? Um, magazine circulation is the department that handles back orders, customer requests for covers, all of that kind of stuff. Um, I spent a lot of time in the source back room, which is where they kept all of the source magazines from the first issue to whatever the newest issue was. So it was a very interesting like library of hip hop learning. Going through each cover, reading stories, seeing pictures. It was very, 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 very entertaining. And it was a great learning experience. At 14. So your mom is all for it. Like, she's <laughs> super supportive of your dad, your mom, your parents. Like My mom was so against this whole entertainment thing. <laughs> when I was 13, again, the joys of living in New York City, I knew where the bad boy office was. Like, when I tell you I was obsessed with Puff Daddy, whew, well, obsessed. You the story of him. Like, how did you come across the, the Puff Daddy story? This was about 96, 97 when he was just on fire. He was on the cover of everything Black Enterprise, Vibe, mm-hmm. Forbes, Fortune. Puff Daddy was everywhere. And it was just so inspirational. Like, this guy is from New York. He's from uptown, but still New York. And he did this way later than me because he didn't start till he was in college. And I was like, I got to beat that hustle. So how do I beat that hustle? Start younger. I had a great boss at the time. I worked at the Brooklyn Children's Museum. And my boss at the time was just like, you can totally do this. And I took two jobs that summer. Shout out to my old boss, Nina Johnson. Shout out to Nina. She was um, definitely my biggest cheerleader. And as my boss, when I had the source opportunity come up that summer, she totally let me leave half a day to go to my internship because she saw that hunger and she definitely helped me. She helped push me to get everything I wanted to get done, accomplished at the age. That's awesome. I think that that's one of the biggest things is I feel like when people see that grind in you, then they're super willing to help you. I feel like everybody wants to be a part of somebody else's success story. Do you still keep in contact with Nina? Absolutely. Absolutely. She is like um, my big sister when I have any life-changing moments. I am finding her. I am on a bus or a plane going to visit to get like that encouragement that she gave me as a kid. Wow. Is she from, is she living in New York or where she She lives in Philly. Okay. Wow. And so is she a native New Yorker or? She's not a native New Yorker. Where is she from? I can't remember where she's from, but she's not a native New Yorker. How awesome is that for somebody to be there at that period of time for you, you know what I mean, just a catalyst on your journey? Well, the program I was a part of at Brooklyn Children's Museum, it was a it was like 10 of us urban children from the neighborhood in this program and we had two bosses. They were young, black, educated. Yeah. So they were inspiration in themselves. She went to like UPenn mm. and she was the person that was like, you can totally go to UPenn. Again, that wasn't cultivated in my family Ivy League. But when I met her, I was like, I think I could have went to UPenn. I wish somebody would have told me this a little early in life. Like what it really means. Yeah. And you went to Hunter. I went to Hunter after transferring out of Temple. So I had to transfer out of Temple. Yeah, so you following in her steps, still taking it down. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Philly was around the corner. I am not a girl that goes too far from home. Oh. Um, I love independence, but I love getting on a bus and being home or getting on a plane and being home in two hours or less. It's gotcha. a weird thing. I'm an only child. <laughs> um, but I left Temple because I couldn't get an internship with the 76ers. When I tell you I was focused, I was focused. Mm. They said I was too young and I lived literally was like but i just came from new york city where i didn't have this problem so i'll be going back right man this uh, this i love this. this is the audacity to win that's what i want to call it pretty much and so with your squad you know all the way back then like who've been you know i guess a part of your your peer network because 
oftentimes when you coming up and you that young, you know what I mean, and you have this hunger in you, you really you separating yourself from your peers. So like who who have been some of your day ones and, and why? You know what I mean? So I am an only child, but I have two cousins that are like my sisters. I always say, um, I was never cultivated to f- not fit in, but I always had a crew. My cousins were always my crew. They've been my crew since we were little kids. I have one cousin that's three weeks ahead of me, and then I have another cousin that's three months after me. So we're the same age. We had the same friends. We went to the same schools. Literally, on um, the first day of school, my father would say, if you have a problem, go get your cousin. She is next door. All the teachers knew. All the teachers knew, like, oh, those Blandon girls, they're, you know, they're related. They're cousins. So they've been my day one crew since day one, literally. Got you. And as you evolve and, you know, definitely come to be who you are today, are the cousins still a part of the crew? And Yes. Is that what you were saying? You was just in Jersey? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I you was about to uh, deliver. A baby, yes. Boy, girl? Girl. Okay. Baby, princess. Love it. Um, how has your peer group evolved, I guess, outside of the family? And how do, how do you decipher between who's worth your time and being around you versus not over this, this period of time? I have always been someone, many people say I have a great sense of discernment. Mm. I always let people just show their colors. Mm. If you're true, I'll be able to tell it. Um, Patterns are big for me. Mm. I'm really, really big on patterns. People tell you who they are via their patterns. Mm. And I've just always used that, those mechanisms in life to figure out who should be around me and who shouldn't. Mm. Gotcha. I like that. So fresh out of college, um, so you transferred. You transferred into uh, into Hunter from Temple. Yes. How did you, how was Hunter for you? Because that's a CUNY school here, which is actually a really good school. Um, and what did you study there? And you know, I studied media, mm-hmm. and I had a I was a theater minor. It was actually fantastic. My theater classes, I had real life people that wanted to be on Broadway. Mm-hmm. It was so intense, but it was so amazing. It probably made me a better public speaker. It made me better on camera. All these other things I never even thought to think about then. It was just like, oh, theater. Yeah, that's, that sounds easy. Mm-hmm. But again, the serendipity of life is it has definitely played a huge role in what I would become in my career. So I just want y'all to know that's why we, you know, we got the theatrics and the facial expressions <laughs> and stuff like that here in the studio with Tisha. She definitely, she's always animated. I love it. Um, so fresh out of college, after you graduated, uh, you interned for Vibe and Rockaware. How did those experiences impact you? Like you went from the source as a youngster, and now you at Vibe and uh, Rockaware, which of course are two, um, I guess, urban huge influences, like cornerstones, stones in the pillar of the you know the communities. How did they impact me? Well, between the source mm-hmm. and. My college internships, I interned at Def Jam when I was in high school. So I was always a full-time student with an intern. I was all, I was always grinding. I always had more than one thing going on. Mm. So going to Rockaware was, I got that position after running Jay-Z's fan club. I was the president of the Jay-Z fan club, being the Brooklyn girl that I am. It's so funny because it's like people be like, oh, I'm the president of the fan club. Nah, you was no, the I was the for real I was the for real president. I had tickets backstage. He signed all of my cards. So I developed a rapport with Jay-Z like 19. Very, very, very young. I always got to go on like his East Coast tours. Okay. He had did a principal for a day tour around Blueprint 2. And I got on the bus like 6 a.m. We're going like we're going to Philly. So I'm like, oh, we're going to Philly. And we make a stop and Jay-Z gets on the bus. And I'm like, 
oh, this is unexpected. <laughs> and um, he actually gave me a very interesting line of questioning that helped me to be like, oh, I, okay, okay. What was line of questioning? What do you want to do? Where do you want to be? Where do you see yourself? How are you going to get there? Mind you, I was like 19 on a tour bus with the full entourage. It was very intense, but I felt like I held it down. I held it all together, and I gave really good answers, and I think he walked away impressed and even throughout my career when I run into him it's always like running into your uncle like hey what you up to so yes it's a really cool little thing there I like it I like it I like it okay oh but I didn't answer your question the impact it had on me Mm -hmm. vibe taught me how to write which introduced another side hustle for me Mm -hmm. um that internship experience introduced me to writers media how it works top to bottom A to Z to office meetings Mimi Valdez was the editor-in-chief then Jason Rodriguez was my um boss he always had a great as a boss your success determines how great I was in your life Hmm. and I was like oh only person that ever said that to me and again if I need him he's a phone call away so huge impact huge impact I like it okay so that was vibe vibe taught you how to write yep um, what did Rockaway teach you? <laughs> Rockaway told me perseverance. <laughs> it was a very rocky time. Mm-hmm. It was definitely during those uh, interesting Jay-Z, Dame Dash days. Mm-hmm. But it definitely told me perseverance, being able to change, move with change, um, adhere to change, keep learning, all that good stuff. I like it. Uh, you got people on Facebook Live so I'm saying what's up. You got Gordon Gecko saying hi. Gordon Gecko, I love that name. <laughs> <laughs> he said, yo, he loves the set. He's loving, you know what I mean, how you holding it down. We got Derek Austin on, Tasha, Crystal. Got a few people watching, man, checking you out. Hey, y'all. Hey, you popping? You know, just a little something. So you worked at at, uh, at Rockaway. You learned perseverance, and then you know you worked with one icon, a Brooklyn icon. Then you got the opportunity to work with an Akron icon, basically the face of the NBA since for a lot of years. I wanted to say hella, ended up saying it. <laughs> <laughs> got to think, you know what I mean, live on radio. But um, you worked, yeah, with the biggest basketball star in the NBA right now, uh, for LeBron James. How did you land that opportunity? Like, give us some some step-by-step because step, you are the go-getter that you are. I feel like we need the, the secrets of how you make things happen. I actually just visualized. So Puff Daddy was the beginning of it all for me with goal-setting, figuring it out, executing. But clearly it was also the era of Michael Jordan as a child. So Puffy was about 96, 97. Michael Jordan's reign was so long, it was ridiculous. It was impossible to not be you know, paying attention to Michael Jordan. Mm. I loved the NBA. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I understood as a young lady, I could never have that Michael Jordan impact. It's Mm -hmm. very sad to say. So I said, oh, what what are the other ways to be a part of something like that? So entertainment was always my calling for sure. Mm -hmm. I used to play uh, NBA jams back in the day. Oh, yeah. Portland Trailblazers was my team. Like 92... Rod Strickland. Yes, it was Rod Strickland, Clyde Drexler. That was my squad on NBA Jam. I'm surprised. I feel like you're the first uh, lady that I've ever heard say, NBA Jams. They play NBA Jams. That was my jam. That, Sonic the Hedgehog, Super Mario. Oh, yeah. Sonic was, oh, man. I like Knuckles, too. 
That was my guy. Sega Genesis and Nintendo, like my parents always made sure I had those things. <laughs> yes. Okay, so how'd you land it? Tell us. Give us some secrets. <laughs> um, how did I land it? I was hustling. So when I tell you Vibe taught me how to write, mm-hmm. I read the article. It was an Ad Age article, mm-hmm. July 2006. Mm-hmm. I was at my MTV internship. I read this article and I said, whoa. Whoa, just whoa, this is so mind blowing with this guy, this kid from Akron, as, as everyone would reference him, was trying to do. Clearly, I came from Rockaware, and that LeBron Jay Z relationship is very real. So I always heard about him in the office, and when people would go to Rucker, yada, yada, yada. And I, he got suspended. It was a big deal on ESPN. And I was like, wow, this, this kid is making a lot of noise. So when he announced, um, the formation of LRM Marketing, he wanted to have more ownership of his career with his friends. I mean, by that time, he was already the $90 million Nike guy, et cetera, et cetera. I just thought it was dope. So I read Ad Age. I looked up the PR person. I like looked, did thorough research on the company, mm-hmm. got to the PR person, mm-hmm. and I was going to write an article for mm-hmm. Black Enterprise. And then the I was also interviewing. It was serendipitous again. The person I reached out to said, oh, my God, I think they will love you. Mm-hmm. They will love you. You got to meet them. So I ended up writing an article and interviewing kind of at the same time. And it just all worked itself out. Love it. Okay. So you get there. Uh, you got to relocate, right? <laughs> I did have so to relocate. You have to leave Brooklyn and go further than two hours bus ride. <laughs> no, no. No? Ohio is a one hour and a half flight. Okay. My bad. Yes. I'm thinking of driving. I've dri- driven through Ohio before. It takes a while. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I just hop on a plane. Yeah, that, I mean, that matters. Okay. So you have to relocate. What was Ohio like and what what was that, you know what I mean, that, that whole experience like, you know, when you initially got there? I cried for the first three months. Wow. wow. It was a culture shock. I remember my first dinner with those guys. LeBron wasn't at the dinner at a restaurant downtown Cleveland after a Cavs game. And I remember the women in the restaurant seeing me go to their table and they literally looked at me and said, oh, y'all didn't get her from here. And I said, oh, my God. I clutched my pearls and I was like, whoa, (laughs) whoa. Um, It was a very, very hard transition. Again, I love my family. I had a cousin. I had a male cousin tell me, listen. This is going to be the opportunity of a lifetime. You absolutely have to go. You will absolutely deal with it. If you need something, you call home. Do not make those people make you feel less than. And you're going to be all right. I'm loving this. Right now, you you got you got people in your corner. And I'm feeling like they're in your corner, you know, throughout your life because of your hustle and your drive. Like, that focus is real. Yeah, that same cousin was the first one that took me to a Knicks game. Mm. He was a Wall Street guy. He had a client. Mm. He's a cousin through marriage. So his wife took me to the game, but he had, like, floor seats. Mm. I loved Kobe Bryant. Like, Kobe Bryant. Kobe. Kobe Bryant was, like, what Michael Jackson was probably to my mother and and her aunt. Cheetah story? Cheeto story? (laughs) (laughs) You hear what we're talking about this? You hear the jokes about the Cheeto story? Oh, once upon a time. Band camp. Yeah, once upon a time at band camp. <laughs> I find I got a chance to meet Kobe, obviously working with LeBron at the the highest level of basketball. I was in a Nike suite one All Star weekend, and I was going to pick up something for LeBron, maybe a gift bag or something. I don't know. And I was waiting, and the Nike folks said, "Oh, just wait, chill out a little bit. It's a ton to do in the suite." I'm chilling go to the snacks. I actually had my my best friend from Ohio with me. 
and somebody taps me on the shoulder and says, can you pass me the Cheetos? Now, best friend knows, like, yo, she loves Kobe. And I was like, what? And she was like, yes, yes. And I almost cried. And she was like, get it together, get it together. And then I was like, <gasps> and it was Kobe Bryant. And <laughs> I don't. He asked you to pass the Cheetos or some of your Cheetos. He asked me to pass him the Cheetos, and then he said they look really good. You look like you're enjoying them, and I was like, uh, I speechless. <laughs> and what's so funny is the same night we were doing our two kings party, and who comes through the door? Kobe Bryant and the wife, and everybody knows teaching Kobe Bryant. And I remember the girls I was working the party with insisted like you have to you're you're on Kobe like you're gonna take his coat you're gonna make sure he's good and I was like y'all know I can't handle this I cannot handle this and I ended up talking to Vanessa they were so nice she was she was so nice obviously as a 13 year old like she stole my husband and then you meet these people in real life and you're like oh my gosh she's such a dear she was so nice and polite and funny so unexpected (laughs) <laughs> so unexpected, and she stole your thirteen. <laughs> so while you were working at uh, LRMR, it sounds like you had some really amazing experiences for sure. Uh, but you also, of course, being who you are, I, I got to come up with a nickname for you. You, you a superhero over here. You climbed to become the director of digital and business development. Um, what did it take to make it to that point uh, from where you started with the company? Like, what was your entry uh, title, and then you know before you. My entry title was assistant, then it was assistant account director, and then it eventually just started to flourish mm-hmm. into whatever, um, what what you just mentioned as the ending title was. Mm-hmm. How did I get there? Paying attention to LeBron James, paying attention to the trends happening in media at that time, social media was becoming the big thing. Mm-hmm. He was not into it, shockingly, so it's so amazing to see how masterful he is at it now he wasn't into it initially and it was my job to sell him on it it was my job to present to the team we have to do this we will be the king of this platform this is how we're gonna do it this is how you will become this iconic athlete on and off the court. That was totally my job to convince them all wow. of the importance of what it. What did it take? Did you have to put together like a full presentation? Like how, how did Funny. it happen? Tell us how. Funny enough, I had to do my pitch during the 2010 uh, decision process. So it was very, 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 very intense time. Uh, fun nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Very just... Again, you pinch yourself like, am I really a part of all of this that's happening right now? Um, But obviously, I was able to win. And even when he joined Twitter, because I had a whole strategy, like, we're going to use Chris Paul to do this and da-da-da-da-da. And it became headline news even before he made the decision. And then we, like, launched the website the day after. It was just very strategic and making sure, boom, 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 for the biggest impact to make sure the world knows, like, he's here in social and he's about to take over. Shout out to you for having that vision and being able to create this impact for others. Which kind of leads me into, you know what I mean, where are we going next? Because you actually decided to leave uh, LRMR and, and, and bust out and become, you know, the all-star entrepreneur that you are and go-getter. Uh, but before we, you know, tackle that, I actually have to say something. Uh, and I have a confession. Kobe Bryant is my favorite player of all time. <laughs> However, you know, 
I I have a level of respect, and I, I want to say this because you had a, a hand in this. Um, I have a, a really deep respect for LeBron James and the fact of how he's been able to handle and maneuver the media and handle himself and his family, you know, throughout his career. You know what I mean? Like having such a big spotlight and all of these things about him and not folding under the pressure. Because I'm like, I, I don't know how. And he speaks up, you know what I mean, for the people, for injustices and all types of things. And I'm just like, man, talk about pressure. You know, and if you're behind the scenes, I feel like it's even more pressure. Well, not even more pressure, but there's pressure on you to make sure that the right moves are being made. So, kudos to you. Oh, wow. Well, thank you. <laughs> kudos to you. All right. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to cut to a quick musical break. Um, and I want to let anybody and everybody know who is listening that you can call in and talk to Letitia and ask her a question or two at 212-650-6903. You all better call in and ask this powerful sister some questions because she is in here dropping knowledge. And when we come back, we're going to talk about this game that you have that has been getting me in trouble. You know, my friends in trouble at, at cookouts and stuff. When we, You know what I mean? People, black cars getting revoked and all that good stuff. So, uh, beautiful people, we're going to jump out of here and we're going to, you know, we're going to play this... Uh, this DJ Kent, top of the world, because that's how I'm feeling right now. <laughs> hey. uh, Miss Letitia Williams, uh, the CEO of Cars for All People. Letitia, you here with us? I am. I'm just the co-founder. CEO makes it so adult. <laughs> so much pressure. So you're not adulting no more. Not today. Not in the CEO role. Not in the CEO role. Okay. Well, before we left out, we were talking about your uh, your tenure uh, with uh, LeBron James's company, LRMR. What inspired you to leave LRMR and take the role less travel and become an entrepreneur? Talk about it. Watching someone's dedication to their craft, the way I was very, very blessed to see LeBron, it is impossible for you not to be inspired. Like, truly. His his dedication to being the superstar that he is it is mind-blowing i mean it is absolutely mind-blowing and when you see the results it is very clear it's because he goal sets he sacrifices he's literally dedicated to being the best at what he does and i was just like i want to do that i want to do that for myself there comes a point with working with a celebrity where as you become an adult and move into liking other things and preferring to do other things and spending your time with, I guess, the people you love and, and things you love, mm -hmm. you just want to step out. You just want to step out and see if you could do it and create it for yourself. I obviously I don't play basketball. I never thought I could be LeBron James. Mm -hmm. But the idea of him taking such ownership of his career, starting that company, was always inspirational. I think probably in my interview I was very clear like I'm gonna become an entrepreneur mm -hmm. I know that I know this will be an amazing tool stepping stone for me to get there mm -hmm. but to witness it in the capacity and have the access to the best lawyers publicists mm -hmm. just the whole shebang it, it was impossible it's impossible for anybody to sit in those chairs and not want to be an entrepreneur so shout out to rich paul who obviously was also a part of that and became his own boss but seeing it from that lens it's it's kind of impossible not to want to do it for yourself okay well that being said um jumping right into it you founded uh co-founded cars for all people yes how did y'all come up with the game 
and the idea uh, for the business overall. You know what I mean? I have the very distinct pleasure of being in business with someone who I worked with for a very long time, who is literally my best male best friend. Mm -hmm. And we always knew, we always knew. He worked with me throughout my LeBron process. I was his manager. He was my first consultant I hired and rehired. Mm -hmm. I always, we just knew. We knew, we knew, we knew very early on, probably year two of working together, like, we going to do something big together. I like it. And this was our opportunity. We were having a conversation about <laughs> black Twitter, of course. <laughs> and we had the distinct pleasure, again, seeing black people of all levels. So seeing the LeBrons and the Chris Pauls and all of those guys. And then being regular black with our own families. And we were always like, it's this shared experience of being African-American. It does not matter if you are worth 250 million or twenty dollars in your pocket right. we it's just certain things about being black that do not change and we wanted to tap into that and we started throwing stuff at each other like questions and then we were like ding company born done mm. so how did y'all literally come up with the questions though because y'all got some good ones on there <laughs> i think i found something that you don't know so actually, I'm going to put you on the spot about your own game. People love putting me on the spot. It, okay. It's so funny. I'm going to give you an easy one. This is, these are Create Your Life Family. These are real black car revoked questions. The Timberland Boot is the official mascot of which city? Duh, New York City. Jay-Z always has Tim's. <laughs> black, the construct, the construction joints, he always got something new. So, going. so in his song, Lloyd says, she's blank, <laughs> but I want you. Is it she's my boo, she's 5'2", she's fine too, or both B and C are acceptable answers? <laughs> <laughs> I read the article. I just don't remember what the answer was. So I think it's B or C. It's Since I do have that option as an answer choice, I'm going to go with B or C. Okay, we, we, want you to, <laughs> we want you to select one. I'll read the options for you again. She's my boo. She's five two, or she's fine two. I think he's saying five two, but the rest of the world thought he was saying fine two. Okay. Should you want the right answer? Sure. Yeah. Definitely, it's fine two. Oh, okay. I ain't gonna hold you. I thought it was. I thought it was fine two. Then I was like, nah, it could be five two when I saw it. And then I was like, let me go. Oh well, that explains why he had the um, girl from Danity Kane in there because she's not like six foot supermodel. So that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. All right, so one more question. This is funny because, like you said, don't matter if you worth two hundred and fifty billion or it's worth twenty dollars. Your mama's upset. What happened? All the dang dishes are in the sink. All them dang dishes in the sink. The chicken ain't unthawed. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. All of the above. All of the above. All of the above. And I feel like yeah, I'm from California, and you from New York, and we know. <laughs> you know what time it is And I don't care where you go If that chicken ain't unthought If the dishes is in the sink So here's the irony of adulting and getting older You can now fully have empathy for why your mom was upset I had a hairdresser break this down for me And I was like oh She said do you know how upsetting it is When your kids are home all day And you've been working 10 hours, 8 hours, 12 hours However many hours you work And there's dishes in the sink And you ask them to do one little thing And you walk in the door from this hard day at work and they're still in their pajamas and they didn't do anything you asked. Do you know how upsetting that is? And I said, hmm, 
That makes sense. That's real life. <laughs> it's funny because a lot of stuff you don't understand until you actually grow up. Exactly. Actually and you're like, oh. I just came from work and all day. You're still in your pajamas. You didn't wash your dish and you didn't do the one thing I asked you to do. Come on, man. You got to get right. So not only did you create the car game, you turned it into a show. Um, and from our conversations, you know, you, you're super business, business savvy and you know how to get what you want when a deal is on the table. Can you give us uh, a brief synopsis of, you know, how, how you got it to become a TV show? Like, what was that process like? The process was identifying what networks best served your target audience. Mm-hmm. Then it was remembering all the amazing people you've met in life. Oh, networking and keeping great relationships and being nice to people. Mm. It really does count. Because, mm. again, I was away from my LeBron situation where you drop LeBron and everybody's calling you. They're answering your emails. Being solo dolo, different case. Mm. Um, so I had to heavily rely on relationships I built. My amazing friends. Oh, my friends are so good to me. Right. And... A friend of mine once upon a time had was an assistant to someone at BT who was a boss. She was H N I C over there, and I just remembered that. And I went with her to a party, probably within the year that we started the company. And I met her. I met her very casually. They just bumped into each other, like, "Hey, girl!" Again, she's not her assistant anymore. She wasn't at that time. It was like years ago when we were younger. And I just met her and I was like, oh, hey, hi, nice to meet you. And then when I dropped the email, I just sent her an email like, hey, I'm doing this. Um, I met you here. Just a follow up. And she shockingly replied. And I was like, oh, yay! <laughs> it works. But again, I, I think I manifested it. I was very clear. My um, co-founder, he is very teach that's you that you're the manifestor of us too that is what you do and I was like this is going to be a television show I don't we're doing it Um, so I was just adamant on making it happen and he was just like I'm here for the ride with you Mm. what's the secret to you guys is uh, chemistry what I think we're both geeks (laughs) we both love reading Mm -hmm. a very big portion of what we do is switching ideas and articles Mm -hmm. books did you like a lot of did you see this did you see that did you read this did you read that you talked about you and i switched books when we first met too we took a long walk yes we did and just chatted forever i feel like i had just finished reading uh shoe dog by phil knight which was phenomenal yeah i loved it loved it loved it Mm. i was asking you what books you were reading though Mm. i think i i think at that point i had just finished um Oh, Built the Cell. I think I was telling you about yep. that book, Built the Cell. And uh, now um, I am reading Profit First and Dot Com. No, Expert Secrets. Expert Secrets is by Russell Brunson. Okay. Created Click Funnels. It's actually a really, really good book as well. Um, so, yeah. So, reading. How many books would you say you crush a month? actually finish or read first five chapters and then go okay i don't need to read the rest of this Mm. um first five chapters 10 easily 10 books easily a month first five chapters and it's like i don't need to read no more Mm. i'm good got it okay all right well Letitia, we've reached a point in the show where i must ask you this sacred question dun 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 can you swim no Uh uh-oh well 
We're gonna throw you a life jacket. <laughs> we'll make sure that you don't that you don't drown. But you 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 about to get into the dolphin tank. <laughs> I told you this that theater, it's that theater there, y'all. Feel the water, feel the water. Feel the rhythm. <laughs> uh, so, first question. Uh, what are your goal setting methods and how do you make sure that you are reaching them or working towards them every year? Goal setting methods. It's it's always so funny to me when people formalize a process. It is something I'm trying to perfect in life because I'm just really, I am really random and all over the place. I go with what sets me on fire what sets my soul on fire what sets my brain on fire I have always been a kid that's like oh my god how did they build that goal setting process Hmm. understanding what I'm trying to accomplish figuring out folks that have done it before me Mm -hmm. from there compare and contrast our goals goal setting okay got it um What's the top tech that you're using to make your company uh, function smoothly? ShipStation, Shopify. True, true. Um, what was holding you back uh, from creating your best life? What has been one of the biggest um, obstacles or hurdles that you had to overcome on a personal level, getting out of your own way? Getting out of my own way. Um, hmm. What is the thing that has stopped me from... What has stopped me? Nothing's really stopped me. What Getting in my own way. Was there any personal things that you needed to overcome in order to become who you are now? <laughs> the stigma black women face in every sense of the word from everybody. Black men, white women. Yeah. Black women face? And what, what, what? The stigma. Okay. And what is that? The stigma that, you know... When we ask questions, we're being nosy. When we're trying to get things done, we're too ambitious. Mm-hmm. Overcoming that, because it, it plays with your self-esteem, and people are doing it to play with your self-esteem because you become a threat at some point. Mm-hmm. Overcoming that and saying, it's not me, it's y'all. Right. It's not me, it's y'all. My best friend always says, you know, you have always been a person that you were dope when everybody met you. You matter of fact, you met all these people because you were dope. You knew how to make it happen since we were kids. So this idea of when I would have those moments, that was my encouragement. Like, no, you were dope before LeBron James. You were dope. You did all of this to get to him. You did all of this after him. Mm. You're still dope. So whenever I have those moments, she's there to be my cheerleader. She's my positive patty. I like that. Positive patty. We talked about (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite uh, quote or model that you live by? Oh, I have so many. Today I saw a really good one. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I think this is going to be my new one today. Um, somebody, another person I adore who is super helpful and is a well-to-do, well-educated, seen life from so many different perspectives, Mr. Steve Pammon. Today he posted on Instagram, success is to be measured not so much by the position that one has reached in life as by the obstacles which he has overcome while trying to succeed. And that was by Booker T. Washington. And I feel like it is is the epitome of who I am and what my experience has been. Mm, I love it. Uh, favorite or most impactful book that you've read? The Alchemist. We did connect over that. <laughs> I, that. I love that book. Read it every year, actually. Okay. Three jewels that you would tell someone looking to create their best life. 
three jewels. Know yourself. In order to create a life that you like, you have to know yourself, know your likes, know your dislikes, know what makes you happy, what makes you uncomfortable, what pisses you off, what makes you angry. That is the foundational starting point for creating a life that you want to live. Two, positive vibes only. Do not allow yourself to be around negative people. I always say I have been so so blessed that my friends and family have for the most part been extremely positive and I'm also the kid that even if you're not being positive my positivity is going to turn your negativity into a giggle (laughs) when my grandmother's mad it's just pokes and, and tickles and then she's just giggling and now she's not mad anymore it's a weird thing I always try to do. So you was able to get out of the, you know, your mom being mad because the chicken wasn't under. <laughs> <laughs> got it, got it. I'm understanding. I'm learning. I'm learning. Um, okay, so what's the third thing? Um, read. Hmm. Read. So when I say that, I mean read as much as you can because it all manifests itself at some point in your life. I literally went from reading Vibe magazine to interning to writing for Vibe. I went from watching and reading about Michael Jordan to, you know, being a part of the next Michael Jordan's journey. Mm -hmm. I went from not dealing with contracts to learning how to read contracts, redline them, edit them, and ask questions in the appropriate way. But it was all through reading. I love it. And you know what's funny is I... I think you're we're in the hundreds now with with episodes and you're the, actually the first guest like a lot of the guests talk about reading but when they say the three things that you need to create your best life you're the first person to actually say read yes you so, <laughs> you have to read I love that okay so what's next what's coming up for you in, in the company well, this week we are hosting an event with CCNY, and that is an amazing creative organization with black creatives in New York. Mm-hmm. We are, I believe we're doing something with BuzzFeed in June. Okay. We are getting ready, hopefully, for an announcement on season two of Black Heart Revoke, the TV show. Oh, don't stop. You saying hopefully? I don't believe that you... you I'm manifesting it. I'm about to say. Um, We are about to go into a big box retailer this fall, so we are prepping for that. That No comment. Okay. I like that. So, yeah, we have the the fourth edition coming out. Mm -hmm. We have our new game, Girls' Night Out out we're in some really interesting conversations around expansion packs with some amazing influential folks in the entertainment industry um yeah it's a ton of amazing things coming up next and happening i'm happy i'm happy for you how can oh, we contact with you you can, oh you can follow me i'm at late will on instagram um you can always at Use at Black Car Revoked as well. Someone will get it to me. Questions at cardsforallpeople.com. Someone will get it to me. Yeah, I am very accessible. I'm like sitting here, I'm like in admiration. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this so guy, dope. the guy that never has time to go get a donut with Yo, come on, man. little old me. You be faking. You be faking. No, no, no. Uh-huh. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I got, there's a couple of things that you said in this interview that I just have to like repeat. Okay. A um, couple of themes that I'm hearing, definitely. Um, you said that 
you know, it sounded like internships have played like a huge part for you in your in your career. I heard internships, I heard mentors, and really being bold. Uh, that's super dope. But being the geek that I am, I'm all about like work ethic and all about the how. Okay. So tell us a bit about, you know, if you can, some of the secrets to, you said that LeBron James was intensely dedicated. And I know some of that rubbed off on you. Can you give us a couple stories about like how this dedication was manifested um, there? Cause like I, I watched like Kobe Bryant, so like I watch all of his interviews and like you know his different sleeping patterns and all of these different things that he mm-hmm. does in order to make sure that you know when he started getting older he started shaving weight and then he was like talking to the people about his shoes because he wanted the shoes to be lighter, shaving off you know a quarter of a pound and all of these different things. So all of those things hold true for LeBron James as well. Um, from diet, diet was always really big just huge dedication where things look like um i always say the 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 greats right the greats they have a dedication to the simple things diet being one we can all control what we put in our mouths Mm -hmm. you better believe beyonce's not going crazy with a diet jay-z's not going crazy with his diet LeBron James is not going crazy with his diet. They understand what works well for them. They pay attention to how they feel when they're eating. They really, really, they like laser focus on something like that. So he was just laser focused on every aspect of being LeBron James. When I tell you, I have gotten, during that time, I would get these phone calls and I'll be like, this is so effing dope. (laughs) Like the dedication to that craft and getting better every single season. It was unbelievable. And now for you, how do you dedicate and make sure that you're getting better every season? Reading books. Mm-hmm. Reading books. My hustle was a lot different because my greatness is not judged on a basketball court. Right. My greatness is judged by the numbers up on the board at the end of the year. What does revenue look like? What do new partnerships? A lot of business development terms and, and things like that. So for me, it's reading, understanding trends, paying attention to everything happening in media, across media, how it affects the audience I'm targeting, how to get to new audiences, um, all of all of that research. And it all starts with reading. I love it. See, you're one of the greats giving us the <laughs> So, Tisha, um, we are now entering a turnaround where you are in control of the interview now. So you get to ask the questions. Um, create your life family Y'all know how this goes That means that she's asking me questions That I do not know anything about And so I hope that she's going to be gentle And not really, really put me on the spot But, you know Gentle? Yeah. What's gentle? Exactly Who knows what gentle yeah. is? Yeah. Come on Best I do it <laughs> Here we go Gentrified best I do or die these days hey. so. What is the quote that you live by? What is the most inspirational quote Or the quote you live by? Uh, find a way to make one Find a way or make one. Yeah, so that's my college model, but I've been living by that model my entire life, <laughs> all the way from from foster care to you know what I mean to to now. It's just always like yo, you know, like you were saying, you know, you figure it out and you, you know, you you just you be willing to set the goal and be willing to do whatever it takes, and, you know. And if it's not no door there, then create one or kick a hole in the wall. That's what that's what's happening. Another one I like is I am the brand that I say I am Which is a quote that I made up uh, A long time ago <laughs> But the reason being is Because I feel like You're in control of your destiny uh, Hence 
create your life, the name of the show. So it's like, you know what I mean? You can literally have and be whoever it is and whatever you want to be. Well, follow-up question, what is the brand you pretend to be? Uh, what is the brand that I pretend to be? I, I don't know if I'm pretending, but I am a person who, you know, I want to go down uh, in history as, as a great thinker. And uh, I definitely... A great thinker like Phil Jackson? Or a great thinker, like an innovator. Okay, with, with some things that like Mark Zuckerberg, perhaps, but or like Malcolm X. You know, I would like a little bit of both. Oh, okay. To to innovate and, and have that type of impact. Well, honey, that's an innovation in itself. Well, well, come on, sister. Malcolm X and Mark Zuckerberg. Hello, hello. Let's get it. <laughs> Let's get it. But uh, nah, for real. Um, but yeah, and one of my things that I pride myself on is just living by my own rules and like literally doing what I say that I'm going to do. You know, I'm kind of, you know, like you in, in a sense. <laughs> Except for you be ducking out on the donuts, so you feel me, your life family, I... If you could have just seen the side eye I gave you when you said that comment, boy, see, stop. If y'all watching on Facebook Live, you see I wasn't looking at her, so I didn't catch you. They probably would have been but we cool, you know what I mean? We lie, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Um, next question for you. Yes, ma'am. Um, I keep saying, um, what is the best lesson you learned from being a foster child that has stayed with you and helped you to grow to the man you are today? That's off the dome, you see? Yeah. I get my Oprah Winfrey on sometimes, too. Ooh, the best lesson that I learned? Mm-hmm. Um, the best lesson... I would probably say nothing's impossible and yeah, nothing's impossible and people can't hold, they can only hold you back if you let them. Like they, you can't be stopped if you don't want to be stopped. So I think that's probably like the biggest thing because I faced a lot of obstacles and a lot of obstacles came from foster parents trying to like hold me down or not endorsing, you know, like how you had some people who um, were really behind you. And my foster parents weren't behind my dreams. And so I would have to go and seek out mentorship to learn things on the on the outer outside of the home. Um, so I would say that and like, man, create create your life. You can literally create your life. So that's always like stuck to me. I, I said that to my um to one of my former teachers when I was like sixteen years old. And that has just always been my thing. She's like, What do you want to do? And I said, I wanna move away from here. I want to have my own clothing company. I want to have my own show. Advertise my clothes on it. I want to be a millionaire. See, Puff Daddy influenced you too. Look at that. Yeah, Puff Daddy influenced a generation of black children. I've always said I wanted to write that article because I have come across so many young black kids who definitely were like, yo, Puff was it. He showed us we could do something different than our parents. We could be fly and flashy and dance and make millions. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we have a round table? Will you bring in a couple people you know? I'll bring in a couple people that I know, and we'll have a conversation about how Puff influenced all of us here on the show. Oh, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. Right. Like salute to to Puff Daddy. Nah, for real. Because I, what it was for me is he came up with that song Godzilla, and he had did that that one Spanish song. And I, I in California, I was like, well, what <laughs> I saw him on a cover Global. of magazines, and I was like, yo, this dude is dope. And then he had the, the Sean John, and then you've seen the FUBU cats and all of this stuff coming out of New York. And I'm just like, oh, man, I want to be like these dudes. So that's why I was, you know, part of the reason why I was interested in fashion, uh, part of the reason why I wanted to be on, like, you know what I mean, TV and entertainment and stuff like that. So, you know, 
similar things was happening. You know what I mean on the on the other coast. Shout out to Puff Daddy. Yeah, did he? That's interesting because you were on the other coast during a very tumultuous time in hip hop, and you were still able to be influenced. I I would have thought you wanted to be Suge Knight growing up. Uh, I'm from the Bay. Okay. Um, <laughs> He's like the Bay in LA is very different. I'm not from Compton. Nah, it's like two different two different states. But um, nah, I, I didn't want to be like him. But I did learn a lot of Black Pride from Tupac Shakur, though. I will okay. say that. You know what I mean? He definitely sparked a lot in me. Him and one of my uncles definitely gave me some game about that. But nah, Diddy was he was running it. It was when I seen he had come up with that Godzilla song, and I remember being in the store. Um, and it was like the lead song to that movie release. Right. And he was on the cover. I feel like he had on like a denim suit and no shirt. And I was like, oh, this dude is amazing. And then, you know, he did the, the more money, more problems, you know what I mean, with Mace. And I'm like young and I don't really know what's going on. And I'm just like, yo, these dudes is getting it. Oh boy, Puff Daddy! I remember my mother threatening me and my cousins because we lived in Bed Stuy and Biggie had died, and the memorial was happening. And I literally remember saying, "If you cut school and go to that, I am gonna light you up when you get home." You I didn't. I used to cut school and go to TRL though, because this is what you could do in New York City. Like, I'm not going to school. I'm going to TRL because Jay Z's there today. Uh, well, we got somebody online before we run up out of here who's asking. Jonesy Jones is saying, "I'm curious how you two got connected um i met mr kevin here at brunch at actually one of my favorite new york city spots i can't remember the name right now (laughs) i wanted the smith the smith on third avenue Hmm. because we have an amazing friend who used to who also interned with me when i was at yep at mtv Mr. Derek Jones, he introduces like I think you guys are gonna be great. I love connecting my great friends together so they can all create greatness. Mm-hmm. And that's how we met. And it happened, and Derek had to run and go hop on a on a, a plane. F- <laughs> on a first class flight to the West Coast because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he's fancy. Out here for, for two days, he's you know, fancy. <laughs> and then so after that, me and you, we just we talked and walked. I couldn't get rid of you. I couldn't get rid of you. Yeah. You followed me you went shoe shopping with me very randomly we went to Dwayne Reed what were we doing at Dwayne Reed I went to go run my Saturday errands and you were like oh I'm gonna come along and then then we walked to Chelsea Market yeah yeah Yeah. and that's where we got the donuts yeah that's where I let you talk me into getting donuts on a very crowded Saturday but you like the donuts they were cool yeah (laughs) the hate hate. alright well shoot um Ms. Williams, thank you so much for being here on the show. Thank you for providing me this real-life Martin Kim Fields moment of the episode of Martin when Kim Fields was the guest star on WCUP. Like, <laughs> we're, we're that right now. Yo, hey, you, you're, you're good people. We got to get you back in here. You coming back. We're bringing you back. You got, you got a, lot of, a lot of game to give us. A lot of game to give us. Oh, I'm just positive Patty out here trying to do some things. I see you, Patty. Hey. <laughs> All right. All right, y'all. Well, we'll see y'all next week. Uh, Be blessed.